0: Good morning, everybody. Hope you guys are doing great. So good to see you today. Man, I'll tell you what, when you're a pastor, people often think every time you tell somebody about Jesus that they're gonna get down on their hands and knees and begin to give their life to Jesus. But I'll tell you, it doesn't always work like that. I remember being in college. I was going to school to be a pastor, and I'm getting all this biblical training and everything. And as I'm... Walking past this one house every day on my way to school, there was just this one house. There was somebody that lived there that I would kind of see from time to time, walking out into the street, going to her car and stuff. And it was just a lady that was a bit older than me, and I just felt, you know, to pray for her. And so I'd pray for her as I, I walked by. And and one day I just got the boldness to go and try to have a conversation with this lady. And I was thinking she was going to just be so happy and so thankful and so excited about it. And so just picture about 19-year-old Doug. I got long, curly, blonde hair, believe it or not. I got a big, fat goatee. I'm wearing my green and black Baja sweatshirt. I got cut-off jean shorts and some skater van sneakers on. And I walk up to the door, and I knock on the door, and she opens it. And I said, Hi, my name is Doug. I go to the school nearby. I just want to let you know that I've been praying for you. And she looked at me with a look of anger and hate and slammed the door in my face. And after I had the door knocker removed from my cranium, I remember thinking, man, that was just so much not what I thought it was going to be. And I just never want to do that again. And I'll tell you what, sometimes we're called to be these bright, shining lights in the world around us, but we struggle with this, right? And we all live in the same world where some people want to hear about Jesus and some people don't. Last week I tried to encourage you and I to kind of get past this idea that Oh man, I can't say anything because what if somebody doesn't like it, all right? Last week we discovered together that not everybody's going to like, that we're a light, shining, bright. But I'll tell you what, in this series what we really want to do is help you and I get past some of the hang-ups. We want to encourage you, we want to train you a little bit, equip you, and motivate you and I to be a bright, shining light in the world around us. We believe God's up to a lot and we want to be a part of it. You and I struggle with feelings of insecurity. We feel like we're underqualified. We feel like we don't have the words. We feel afraid. What if we don't have all the answers to all the questions? We feel like, who are we? We've got our own troubles in life. How can we you know, go ahead and share the the message of Jesus when we're still kind of trying to work on becoming more and more like Jesus? What if it costs us? What if there's something that gets taken from us because of this? Man, there's so many different reasons why we kind of keep our mouths shut. We really want to help equip you, and we want to more and more be a church that's looking at the world around us that needs the hope of Jesus. And so I hope you're in on this. Last week we learned, I think, one of the most important things we could learn in this, and it's this. Your light will only shine if you're connected to the source. If you're connected to Jesus, that's the only time our light is going to shine. When we are disconnected, it's like trying to get a light bulb to light up without it being plugged in or screwed into the lamp. And so it was so much fun at the end of the service last week to see so many of you come up and just connect one of those light bulbs to one of those lamps saying, no, I want to shine for Jesus. And I pray this past week, you and I, man, we were connected to Jesus. We were living close to him. And I believe that if we were, his love was shining through us. His light was shining through us. Now today, I want to focus on something that is so incredibly important. I I can't overstate how big a deal this is. And so in a light bulb, it works a little different depending on the kind of light bulbs. I hope you all know I am a, a light bulb. Light bulb expert. But, but it works a little differently. Uh, but there's something in every kind of a light bulb that works like an element. It's called an element. And the old school bulbs had a certain kind of element in it. And this LED bulb still has this chemical element in it. And there is an element in every single bulb. And without that element, the bulb will never light up. It will never shine. And today I want to talk about the element in our lives that is a, a must-have. Like if we think we're going to go shine for Jesus out there without this, we're, we're just fooling ourselves. And, and today I want to talk with you guys about the element of love. Without the element of love in our lives, there's no hope for you and me to make an impact in the world like Jesus has called us to. And so we're going to dive into some stuff today, man, because we've got some questions about this, I think. But we are going to dive into this. Why is love so important? As we're trying to be these bright shining lights, what is the standard for how we love? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever asked that question? Like, what is the standard? Like, what am I kind of measuring against? Like, where is the bar set, right? So I think that in all of our lives, there's sort of a bar in our life. Okay? And the bar is set, maybe for some of us about here, this is how much I'm willing to love, or or this is how much I'm willing to love, or, or some of us we got it down near the floor right now. But you guys all know what a high jumper is. Check out this picture, right? You guys have heard this phrase before. How high is the bar set? Is it, should we raise the bar? Should we lower the bar? And so that phrase came from the, the, these people who do these high jumps. And, and if someone could really kind of get up there and, and jump really well, they'd say, hey, let's raise the bar. Let's raise the bar. And we've kind of taken that. And you hear your teachers say that at school, we're raising the bar this year. Or your boss says that, we're going to raise the bar this year. And so the question is, today we're going to answer, where is this bar set for you and I as followers of Jesus? when it comes to love. And so we're going to look at that here today. Another question we're going to tackle today is this. Does loving mean we have to pretend that everything's okay when it's not? Right? Because that's one of the big objections in life. Well, I'd love to love people and I would love to come in here as followers of Jesus and just be one big happy family. But Doug, haven't we all seen that sometimes we disagree and sometimes we get hurt and sometimes we get offended and So what do I do? I just walk in every week with a plastic smile on, pretend everything's okay? No. No, no, no. Well, we're going to work through exactly what we're supposed to do when you and I get hurt, when you and I disagree. See, we don't just decide to sit back and not love anymore. There's some way we have to work through it, and we're going to talk about how to do that exactly. And so I pray today you and I will shine brightly with this love. And the truth is either we will love well and reach the community or we won't, right? Right? Either we will live this out, and the love of Jesus will shine through our lives, or it won't. Our our staff was at a conference this past week, and uh, the speaker shared a poll about the top four reasons why people don't go to church. That was part of his conversation, And, and I bet you can guess what number two was. It was that the regular attenders in our churches aren't loving and kind to new people that walk through the door. That makes me insane, and I'm so thankful. I believe so many of you guys are the opposite of that. You really are so loving and kind and welcoming. I pray like even Pat said today. I didn't tell him to do that, by the way. Kind of cool. He had everybody introduce themselves to the person next to them on the day that we're talking about this because, man... If it's something that gets my blood boiling, it's it's the idea that anyone could walk in and feel like they weren't loved or they weren't welcomed or they weren't noticed. And so, man, I I just pray again that you and I will be the kind of people that are going to say, no, we so desperately want to love and shine the bright, shining love of Jesus to our community. I want you to kind of imagine today that the world around us is sinking and we have a lifeline in our hand and we're able to kind of toss that lifeline out there to rescue those who are in need. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you might be going, all right, Doug, nice little build-up here. It's my first time in church. I've been coming for a while. But like you're talking about sharing the love of Jesus. I don't have the love of Jesus in my life. I don't know this Jesus. I'm not following this Jesus. don't even know if I care about Jesus. So what am I going to get out of today? Well, today, you're going to see how much Jesus loves you. And if I could also just kind of pause and say, I'm so sorry if you have ever felt like our church or another church hasn't loved you well. That's not what Jesus would have had us do. And so I pray today that you'll find great encouragement in what we talk about today. So we're going to look at a lot that John had to write today. John had some powerful things to say. And in John 13, we're going to begin there. John was Jesus' closest friend. And John says this about this bright, shining love. He says, uh, he's quoting Jesus here. He says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I am going. You cannot Come, well, where, where's Jesus going? Like, we can't go like Disney. He's only got one pass. You know, like like, well, like that's the thought there, man. Jesus hanging out in Disney wearing Mickey ears, right? The whole deal. Like I, I just imagine him hanging out in Star Wars land and forget the force. Like he's really moving stuff, you know, like, taking you know crying kids, dropping them in the fountains, you know. I baptize you in the name of the Father, right? the whole deal. But but no, he's not going to Disney. You no, there's two things he's talking about. The first thing is is he knows something's coming. He knows that he's about to be put on. Um, the cross and he's going to be put in the grave and so there's going to be a brief separation from him and his followers so he says hey where I'm going I'm going to the cross I'm going you guys can't follow right now but that's not the only thing he also knows that and if you're not a follower of Jesus let me speak to you for a second here he also knows that he's not going to stay in that grave long that he's going to raise back from the dead. And this is what Christianity is hinged on. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, if I could just talk with you for a minute, I just want to let you know, this event is what Christianity is all about. Jesus rising back from the dead. And if you cannot wrap your mind around that, there's three things I want to say to you. First of all, I would love to talk with you because I spent many years of my life struggling to wrap my mind around that as well. Second thing I would say to you is out at the info desk, like Pat announced, we give out visitor CDs. And on that CD is information that I really poured my life over into discovering if this Jesus could be trusted or not. It's just sort of a quick glance. It's a 45-minute little shot at the evidence to why we believe Jesus is alive. The third thing I'd say to you is if you want to head to our app or our website, you can listen to a 10-part series we did years ago called Evidence. And it talks about it like six and a half hours of of teaching on that about why we believe Jesus can be trusted and so if you really want to dive deep and figure out if this is real or not I encourage you to take us up on one of those three options but Jesus comes back to life and so that's that's he's back now with his followers but but then he's going to ascend to heaven right and so he knows that all right I'm with you now, I'm going to be crucified, eventually I'm going to rise back from the dead, but then I'm going to be separated from you. And the reason I, I bring that up and a reason I think this is important to kind of set up for you is this is one of the last big huddles Jesus had with his followers before he left. It wasn't the last one. It wasn't the last conversation that he had with his followers, but it was one of the last big group gatherings where he was able to share something that he might think is important. What would he share? Right? I, I can only imagine the last time you're going to see somebody or, or leading up to that, maybe the, the second or third, you know, like the, that last big time, the whole group's together. Like, like you're going to say something important. You're going to say something you know is a huge deal. And before these guys are about to go change the world, Jesus is about to say something powerful. And I'll tell you what he's not going to say. He's not going to say, hey, guys, I want you to go get a really cool stage set up for your Sunday services. He didn't say, hey, get a great band behind you. Make sure you have some funny jokes in your sermon. Hey, thank God for all those things. They're tools in our day and age. But Jesus is banking on something so much bigger than all of that. Look at what he says. He says, A new command I give you love one another. That's what he says. Looking his followers in the face in this le- one of the last big group huddles, love one another. If you guys want to go change the world, if you want to brightly shine, then that element of love is so incredibly important. This was on Jesus' heart. Now I think what you and I often do is we think about our bar, right? Where's my bar? Well, my bar's about here, right? My love bar's about here. And so, what am I going to do then? Well, well, Jesus, here's the idea: What if I just kind of like tolerate people? Like, is that all right? Like, like, I won't really love, love them, but I'll tolerate them. Is that okay, Jesus? You know? And so, you know, I can maybe just kind of figure out this, we'll call it toler love. We'll just, we'll, I'll tolerate love people, right? It's not an it's not a uppercase love, it's kind of a lowercase love, right? Can I get away with this? Now, now, here's what's important. No, Jesus just said, a new command I give you. There's something in there. There's a little secret hidden in that phrase. A new command I give you. Love one another. What, will, what does this mean? Well, you see, under the old command, the old love command in the Bible under the Mosaic law was this. It was love one another as you love yourself, okay? So that's where the bar was set. Think about it. You were the standard for what love is. Like, so how you would want to be loved, that's how you love others. So you got to set your bar really kind of wherever you would be loved. So you can just ask yourself this question, how would I want to be loved in this situation? And that's where the bar is set, right? That was kind of the standard for the old command. So let's just start there, okay? Think about the people in your life that are hard to love, okay? You got their, 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 their image in your mind. Don't say bad words. Don't throw anything, okay? You got their image in your mind, right? question. You might say at the very least, okay, I wouldn't want to be screamed at, so I'm not going to scream at them, right? I wouldn't want to be gossiped about, so I'm not going to be gossiped about. I wouldn't want someone to plot revenge against me, so I won't plot revenge against them. I wouldn't want someone to buy me Kenny Chesney tickets, so I won't do that to them, right? Like, it's very simple, really, when we think about it. It's just, what would I want? How would I want to be treated? And that's where the old command kind of had us. That was that old command to love. And so it was this idea of loving others as you love yourself. i got to tell you something. This is hopefully going to kind of rock us a little bit today. Having the bar set there is the pre-Jesus-come-and-save-us kind of love. You're going, but Doug, I don't even want to treat people like I want to be treated. Like, there's certain people in my life I don't like at all. I don't want to treat them with love at all. Okay, but that's not even, we haven't raised the bar yet. Like, that's the pre-Jesus kind of loving that we were called to at some point. That that was lowercase loving. Jesus is about to raise the bar. He's about to tell us what the post-Jesus coming to rescue us all kind of loving is. The, The love with a capital L. Look at what he says here. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Okay, so the old command is I was the standard. The new command is Jesus is the standard. The way that he loved is how now I have to Love, but Jesus, you love me at my worst. Yep, but Jesus, you love me when I fail. Yep, Jesus, you love me when I stab you in the back. Yep, Jesus, you love me when I haven't been around for a while and then I show up again and now I, you know, I'm wanting to be loved again and yep. I see this is whole different kind of love. As I have loved you, you must love one another. So Jesus, the taller love thing isn't gonna work here. Nope, Can chest chestney revenge tickets. Nope, what would Jesus do, right? Like that stuff isn't gonna happen here. See, this changes the way that we love. We have to love one another the way Jesus loved us. And we always qualify this. We probably say this once every other month from the stage. If if you're in a relationship that is abusive, if you are a child or in some kind of physical harm, man, it's time to get some counselors and pastors and people involved to help with that. But everything short of that, we're called to love like Jesus loves us. Us. And the craziest thing happens when we do. Look at what it says in verse 35. By this, by this love, loving like I have loved you, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so in the last, one of the last, I, sh- I should say, one of the last big huddles before Jesus leaves these guys to go change the world, he is telling them that this love is gonna be the element in the bulb. It's what's gonna make them Shine. And so think again. I want you to think again, right? Get their face in your mind for a second. We don't like to do this. Get their face in your mind for a second. I want to ask you two questions. That person that's hard to love in your life, that person that needs Jesus, that person in this room maybe. Oh, you're sitting over there because they're over there, or you're at this service because they're coming later, right? That person. Just want to ask you two questions. The first question is the low bar pre Jesus came to rescue. Question, it's this, have you loved them like you would love yourself? And now we're gonna raise the bar. The post-Jesus come to rescue us love. Question, have you loved them like Jesus loves you? Why, Doug? I don't like this, this stuff makes me uncomfortable. When the bar is here, the world's not changed. Right? When the bar is here, the world's not impressed. They're not wowed. They're not odd. See, it's radical love that changes the world. When, when we're just sort of tolerating people, the, the light isn't shining because the element is missing. We're toler loving people. No, Jesus takes it so much further. Look at what John says later. John would write a letter later in his life, and it was called 1 John. He wrote this in chapter 2. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. John makes it really clear. If I love, I'm in the light. If I don't, I'm in the darkness. Like if you and I are wondering if we're followers of Jesus, you ever ask yourself that question? Like, am I the real thing? Am I actually a follower of Jesus? Well, how would I know if I was? John just told us. It's when we start to radically love. It's when we love with a love that makes no sense. It's when we raise the bar. It's when that element begins to fill us and begins to transform us. Look what John says in the next chapter. He says, we know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. Now, really, what John's talking about is us here in this room. It's us here in this church loving each other. We know we've passed from death, death to life. We know that we're the real thing and that heaven awaits us because we can love each other. We can work it out. We can get past stuff. And that's when the light shines and the world around us goes, wow, right? Right? That's when people come in. And again, if you're here for the first time today, I pray you felt some of this. You came in, you were like, man, I don't know about this Jesus, but these people sure seem to like each other a lot. They kind of even seem to love each other. There's this camaraderie. There's this thing going on in this room that I'm really drawn to. Well, guess what? That's that's the element of love lighting up the ball. Look down at verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And here it is, guys. You want to talk about it? Let's raise the bar. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Do you know who your brothers and sisters are? It's other people sitting in this room right now. And it's those that are coming. in, Yeah, those that you're like, okay, cool. The ones in the room right now. Not the ones that come to the 11th, because that's why I'm here now, right? No, 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 no. Like, it's the ones that come then. It's the ones that come at seven. It's the ones that aren't going to be here this week. And you're like, cool, they're, not, they're away. It's Columbus Day weekend. They're gone with the kids. They're not going to be in the room all day. I don't have to love them, right? No, you and I, we're still called to love them. In fact, we're called to lay down our lives for them, like Jesus did for us. Guys, we're on a mission. We're on a mission, right? There's, there's people dying without... Jesus around us. Let's, let's imagine again that, that everyone around us is drowning and we have a lifeline to throw them. There's a world around us that so desperately needs Jesus, right? And we're on this mission. And, and, and it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna be a calmness. Jesus' dreams of us reaching our community are just never gonna happen if we don't grab a hold of that element of love and shine brightly. I was listening to a podcast a few months ago and the pastor was talking about shining in their community and he, he talked about This time he was playing a video game with one of his friends and he's not very good at video games, just like I'm not very good at video games. So this just really made sense to me because I'm the kind of guy in the game, like if you're going to play some kind of like, you know, game where like, you know, you're at war or something, like I'm dead first. Like that's just the way it's going to be. Like that's, and so these two guys are on a mission and, and as they're going on the mission, his remote control stops working. And he says to his buddy, he's like, oh, my remote control stopped working. And his friend said, oh no, 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 I just shot you. You died. You died. And he's like, thanks, man. Like, like, what's that about, right? And so, okay, they, they start another mission, and they're playing again. And hey, did you shoot me again? Yeah, man, I, I want to win. I want to win, right? And finally, the guy looks at him. He goes, we are never going to accomplish our mission if you keep shooting me in the head. Guys, I got to tell you something. We're never going to accomplish our mission to reach our community if we keep shooting each other in the head right? We have to love one another. We've got to figure it out. No, I'm not saying we be fake, and we be plastic, and we not be real. There's a way to fix this. There's a way to work through it, and we're going to go ahead and look at that right now, because Jesus tells us how to handle our conflict. Look at what he says in Matthew 18. This is powerful. Man, I pray we'll get this. If you have a friend from our church that's not here today and they need to hear this, please tell them to listen to the podcast. If you have somebody that just kind of comes to mind as you're listening to this, not in like a bad, negative, gossipy way, but like, hey, you know what? They probably really need to hear this. Just very encouraging. We'll edit this little part out of the message. Just to be a little message right to me to you. No one will hear this but us. Let's try to remember that, guys. But, but man, if there's somebody in the family today that needed to be at the family meeting and somehow they are away or this weekend, let, let's get them to the family meeting here through the podcast or the stream, okay? Matthew 18, verse 15 says this. If your brother or sister sins, and this really talks about more than just conflict and more than just disagreement. This talks about really any kind of sin, but, but we're talking specifically about the sin that can come between us as brothers and sisters today. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Look at this. Man, if we could like, if, you're, if you have an actual physical Bible in your, in your lap, please highlight this, uh, draw stars around it. If you have an app and you can figure out how to do that, do it there too, and then you can let me know, teach me how to do that. But just... Between the two of you. Can we say that together? One, two, three. Just between the two of you. Can we say that again? Just between the two of you. Ooh, let's just close in prayer. Wow. Man, what would happen if you and I, when we get hurt, it was just between the two of us? What would happen if if we get upset? It it was just between me and the person that hurt me or me and the person that I hurt. It says here, if they listen, you've you've won them over. Because guys, here's what happens, right? Like, I mean, what happens is I get hurt and then I go, "Um, come here, come here, can, can you just thanks, if, if, if you could just be on my side in this, and if I could just grab you, and if you could come here, I just need you in my corner, and Luciano, you're really big, can you please come be in my corner, because you're huge, and you could murder anyone that I need you to murder, and so, and, and now what happens, right, I got my corner. It's not big enough yet. Steve, come here. I need, my, I need some more people in my corner because it, it's getting there. We're getting there, right? And now I began to tell my corner what happened and how hurt I am. And then they all go home to their families. What was that meeting with Doug about? Oh, well, he was so upset because the people, they said this and they said that. And, and then the kids, well, my kid's here, but, but normally he'd be in the other room. And they overhear, and now the kids are wondering, and now they take up the parents' offense. I've literally walked into a room with someone that I knew was upset with me, and I felt the weirdness from their kid right? All right, thank you, guys. You can go sit down. How am I getting back on the stage now? <laughs> oh, shoot. All right, nobody look. Okay, nice little slick move there. That's why we need stairs. But I'll tell you what, that's what we do, right? And we wonder why there's drama. It should have been between two people, and now 30 are involved. Man, no wonder our church, wow, let me not say our church, the church, man, no wonder we're not shining brightly, Right? No wonder. And so we so badly need to figure this out of wow, okay. Just me and them. It's me and them, man, they really hurt me. Okay. Go talk to them. Go work it out. But I gotta make sure that, I gotta make sure that somebody knows, you know? No, you don't. Well, I just I need prayer. I just need some prayer. I just gotta get some some prayer about this because I need my bolt. No, no, it's it, not what it says. It doesn't say that in the verse, right? It says, no, just the two of you work it out. Now, if the issue doesn't get worked out, and this, we always do this backwards, okay? If, we, if, if the issue doesn't get worked out, it says this in verse 16, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses, okay? Now, this is not about getting a bunch of people in your corner. The heart behind this is to win the person back, Right? And so, so often what happens is we get upset and we get hurt and, and that element of love gets drained out of the relationship. And instead of trying to work it out and winning the person over, we want to make sure that the person is, gets blasted and they get, you know, we get to say what we need to say. And you know, The heart in this is, oh man, I really want to work this out. And so far, so-and-so hasn't been responsive. And so what you do is you grab a mature Christian and you say, hey, could you come with me and help win them over? Can you come with me? Can we work this out together? can we resolve this somehow? And then it says this, if they refuse to listen, tell it to the church. Now, I don't think this means it has to be up in front of everybody on a Sunday, right? Like Pat finishes the announcements. He goes, oh, okay, I'm gonna invite Doug out now. He's gonna tell you about the sinner that lives on Old Nichols in this concert over here. And no, I, like, I don't think that's what it's saying. I think it, what it means is is now, as, as, as some of the leadership of the church, maybe some of the elders or some of the pastors, we're, we're again, we're trying to work this thing out. We're trying to win the person back. We're trying to, to make sure that they're restored and they're, the relationship is healed. And then it says this, and it gets intense here. I'm not going to lie, but again, let's remember this is for a season. It says, and if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you were, would a pagan or a tax collector. And so what it's saying here is, in, in the first century, Jews would have, shied away from pagans and tax collectors. Now we know Jesus didn't do that. Jesus went to the pagans and the tax collectors first, right? But what this is saying is, listen, if somebody will not listen and they won't give up and they won't be willing to work it out or, or, or be corrected or give up their sin, then for a season, and we've seen this, we talked about this uh, you know, at the end of summer, Kelly and I did a, a little two-parter called Restored and we were in there talking about restoration and all that, and we were, we're gonna work this thing out with this person, but maybe for a season they kind of just need to be Removed, until they're willing to work it out. Until they're willing to be won back. And I want to tell you today. I think with division, especially in anger, and you know these things that divide us, so we can't go out there and actually love the world and make a difference in the community. These things that take up so much attention here within the room, because we've gotten thirty people involved instead of being at two, it two. Man, that kind of stuff and that kind of division. Like I think it's good to get out of the room, right? Scripture actually tells. Tells us warn a divisive person once and then have nothing to do with them. Like this is something, that, this is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Because this is the thing that'll derail the whole church. The lack of love, that lack of that element. This is the thing that'll destroy us from the inside out. And so I just want to make a nice broad loud announcement. Again, if somebody from the family meeting isn't here today, let's get them in on this. Help them point them to the podcast or something. But but man. I want to let you know what we as a staff, what I'm teaching the staff and I'm telling them, like without exception, here's the way we're going to handle stuff, guys. We're going to remove a phrase from our church's language. And this is the phrase. Don't say anything but, okay, doesn't exist anymore. That phrase has been booted from the church. Don't say anything but, Pastor, can I meet with you? Yeah, yeah. come on, let's let's hang out. How's everything going? Good, good. Don't say anything but, there's just one family, whoo you know about them? Oh, oh, oh. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't hear anything you said so far. <laughs> what? No, don't say anything but do not come to a staff member. Do not go to each other and say, don't say anything but. Oh no, we've got to say something. We've got to do something. We're going to work this out. We're not going to let this fester. We're not going to allow anger and, un- and unforgiveness and all this stuff to work up. It's going to destroy us. Oh, we're going to say something. And you better say something. Before you say it to me, you better say it just to that person. Because that's what Jesus says is the way to work through conflict. And when we can work through that, and we can get this as a church, watch how we shine. Watch how we reach our community as the bar is raised. No, we're not down here anymore. There's a new command that we love like we have been loved. And so what does Jesus tell us to do? And what does John echo us and telling us to do? I think he's just reminding us in some pretty intense ways that we, man, you and I, we're supposed to brightly shine the love of Jesus, brightly shine the love of Jesus. And we have to have this element of love. And we've answered a lot of questions today. Why love one another? Why is this so important? Because it shows the world we belong to God. It shows the world we're the real thing. And if that's missing then man, the world will just keep looking at us unimpressed. But when they see a bunch of Christians who actually love each other, who actually know how to work through conflict, who actually know how to forgive one another, and actually know how to lay down our lives for each other, man, watch what can happen. What's the standard for how we love? How high do we set the bar? We set it up where Jesus set it. We love like we've been loved. We lay down our lives for those we love the same way he's loved us. Does this mean we just pretend everything's okay? No, we've got to have the really hard conversations. I'll tell you what, we've had more hard conversations this year in our church than we ever have before. But I would also say that by God's grace right now in this very moment we're the most healthy we've ever been. Because of the hard conversations. I spent several months of this last year exhausted, fried at the end of everything I had because it was emotional conversation after emotional conversation, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because I think it sets us up to shine. And you and I have to get to the point where we're going to say, all right, it's between me and them. It's between me and them. And if I haven't had that first conversation where we tried to work it out, and I'm not just saying I came at them and unloaded on them. No, I came to win them back. Then I got to go do that. And if I've done that, it's time to find a mature follower of Jesus to go with me. And if I've done that, it's time to try to figure this out and help the church reconcile this thing, man, because we just have too much at stake to miss out on this. How do we do this? I think we've got to be motivated by what Jesus did for us. In the same way he laid down his life for us, we, that's got to motivate us. Like looking at what Jesus did for us has to inspire us, and we've got to begin to become those imitators of God. And so, if you're ever struggling to love, I think we just look at Jesus and see how he loved. That's why we've got to be in the Bible, right? So, we've we got to be reading the Word of God because it reminds us all that he endured. And like last week, we have to be connected to the source, we have to be taking the time to read the scriptures and to be talking to God because that's what's going to do it. You know, there's been several times in our marriage where Kelly and I have gotten into a disagreement and we've decided to, you know, I'll, I'm going to go on a little walk. I'm going to go on a little walk. And so I go on a little walk to just, you know, clear my head and cool down and not say something stupid or, you know, but but, but in that moment, I'm right, right? I'm right. And I'm walking on that on that road just thinking about all the ways that I'm right. And then you know, as I'm, I'm walking, i begin to pray, right? God, I just thank you so much for, uh, you know, life. Life's good, Lord. Thank you. I'm a little frustrated about this argument. But God, the building, we need money for the building, God. You know, that's going to be a big thing. God, I hope you... He's going, Doug, I, I, really, uh, I really haven't heard anything yet. Because you've got to go back and work and start with your wife. Okay, Lord, but you know about that building thing, right? You know the money. No, Doug, go Go ahead and talk to to Kelly. See, see, the thing is, I can't be connected to God for too long before I have to figure stuff out with the people that I've wronged. I just can't, right? And so I've got to be connected to the source because it's in those moments that I'm connected to the source I'll begin to see Jesus' love shine through me. It just has to go that way. And so... Are you challenged today as a person, as an individual, that we would be these kinds of people? And I want to tell you, as a church, we're really thinking through how to shine brightly on this love level in our community. And we we actually heard a great idea this past week that I've been trying to figure out. I've been in communication with uh, the school district here because we we heard about a church that was doing some really cool things in their school district. They were trying to find families that had kids attending the school and they were trying to pay off their, their lunch debts and the different kinds of you know debt that had built up. Now, we're at the, kind of the beginning of the school year, so I reached out to the office here and said, hey, we have this idea. What do you think? And they said, well, it's kind of beginning. We don't really have a ton of that yet. And then, but but we're, we're trying to think big. Like, how can we do something that will cost us something? How can we raise the bar as a church and really go out there and make a difference? This Saturday, the homeless ministry going out. You know? And just want to let you know, more and more, we're going to try to be coming up with creative ways led by God to get outside the walls of the church and really make an impact and and shine brightly because I'm telling you it's radical love that changes the world. It's radical love that changes the world. And so we are looking at this at the macro level but I hope you and I are also looking at it at the micro level in our lives today. That we would be looking at you know, have the, the image of that person in our mind going, wow, I've, I've got to love, I've got to love. I don't, God help me, God help me. Yes, God help me, right? That's the point. We've got to be so connected to him that his love is thro- flowing through us. I, I don't know if God's going to heal everyone that we pray for. I don't know if God is going to um, come through in every single thing, in every single way, at every single time we want him to. I don't know all that, but what I do know is, and I have zero doubt on this, if you ask God, help you love somebody that is a surefire 100% answer yes not even a doubt and so maybe some of us maybe we need to like put our our healing well you know keep praying keep praying about it but let's bring loving to the forefront right okay keep praying about the financial need yes yes but let's bring loving to the forefront. let's be praying this week oh god fill me with love for my boss so, so get somebody in your mind right now you know that person that you've been thinking about through the whole service okay so that's the person this week you're praying every day Multiple times throughout the day. God, just help me love them. Help me love them. You have raised the bar, God. Help me love in a radical way because radical love changes the world. Many of you guys probably heard about a pretty intense situation that took place where a police officer walked into their apartment uh, believing it was their apartment. It was not their apartment. They, they thought there was an intruder in their apartment and they shot and the, 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 the person was killed and it was actually their apartment. that The cop had unfortunately walked into the wrong apartment but I believe it was this past week some pretty powerful things unfolded there, the person's uh, life who was lost was named Botham Jean but at the sentencing Jean uh, Jean's 18 year old brother Brant I'm sorry Jean uh, yeah Brant Botham is the first name Brant is the brother took the stand and made this statement I hope you go to God with all the guilt he's talking to the woman who made this mistake and shot his brother, took his life. All the bad things you've done in the past, each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I know I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. I don't think anyone thinks that. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even on behalf of my family, but I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did. But I personally want the best for you. And I wasn't going to say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you because I know that's exactly what Botham would want you to do. The best thing you could do is give your life to Christ. And then he stunned the courtroom when he asked if he could give her a hug. And we have a picture of that right here where he got up and hugged the woman who made this tragic mistake that took his brother's life. Then the judge gave her a Bible and read, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And she said, you need just a tiny mustard seed of faith. You start with this and handed her the Bible. And then the judge went on to hug this woman because radical love changes the world, right? That's the stuff that catches, catches our attention. This was all over the news. This was all over social media. Why? Because the bar was raised, right? The bar was raised. It, it wasn't down here anymore, right? It, it was full. The element was shining brightly in this life. And it's easy for you and I to say, well, all right, I'll love the people that are easy to love. You know? I'll forgive the people I probably should. I'll, I'll forgive. But will we forgive like that? We love like that cuz that is what changes the world. Tolerant love doesn't change a thing. Radical love changes the world. We're going to continue this series next week. I encourage you to invite somebody back to be with you. We're going to talk about another important element to shining brightly. But this week, let's be connected to Jesus, inspired by Jesus, and let's love like Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love for you to put your trust in him today. You heard me talk about this love that God has. You, you've seen here a bunch of people who are imperfect, but we're aiming to be the bright, shining church of Jesus. And we don't always get it right, but we're working on that. And, and again, I, I thank you for your, your forgiveness of us where we've fallen short. But I would encourage you today to look to this Savior who loves you. Jesus loves you so much he got on the cross and he died. And he was placed in the grave and he rose back from the dead if you're re- wrestling with that, again, I'd love to talk with you. We'd love to get you those resources. But at the end of the day, you have an opportunity right now to put your trust in Jesus. And I'd love for you to do that. In church, this week, let's be praying for that one person. Let's be loving that one person. Let's be connected to the source. And watch how we brightly shine the love of Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we are so grateful that you have loved us like you do. And we are so undeserving And God, right now, today, we are asking you for help because this is a big challenge, God. And we need to be connected to you, the source, if we're going to live this out. And so we just pray, God, that your love will fill us, that element of love, Lord, will flow through us in power and we will brightly shine in this community, God. I pray on the macro level as as a zoomed out church, God, that we'll be able to make a great impact in this community and even in this school district, God. And God, we pray on a micro level in each of our lives that there would just be leading in conviction and direction in this week for how we can love God. So if you're a follower of Jesus, I want you praying for that face right now, praying for that person. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I encourage you to pray with me now to put your trust in Jesus. You can just pray something like this. Jesus, thank you so much for loving me in a way I do not deserve. Thank you that you do not treat me like I should be treated. But God, you've forgiven me. And God, I have been far, but you call me close now. I ask you to show me how real you are. I ask you to change my life. And I ask you to love through me. Thank you for this gift of salvation. I want to be praying for you if you prayed that prayer for the first time today. Could you just look me in the eyes real quickly if you prayed that for the first time today. Did anybody do that this morning? Awesome. Thank you. I I see you back there. Great. Thank you. Anybody else today? Thank you, God. Anybody else here in the room today? Putting their trust in Jesus for the first time. Thank you. I see you. That's great. Thank you, God. So God, we're so excited about what you're doing. I just pray you'll continue to do an awesome work in every person that has put their trust in you today and help us to brightly shine as your church.